about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Okay, so I just want to uh, talk about life, amen, because this is what we're here for. We're, we're here to, so that we can have the God type of life, which, which is the Zoe life, and have it more abundantly, amen. This is what we're called to. This is where we, why we come to church, to get our instructions, to get our direction from the Holy One of Israel, so that we can have that abundant life. But oftentimes in life, we are faced with being busy. And it's that busy, that busyness that keeps us out of doing or maxing out all that we can be in God because we have other things to do in order to just maintain. I mean, let's face it, just maintaining our own bodies is a chore. You got to get your hair cut. You got to get your hair did. You got to get your nails done. Come on, ladies. Am I talking to you? Huh? Man, I got I to gotta make that appointment. Uh, uh, honey, we can't do that today. I got an appointment to get my nails done. So you got all these things that you're doing. Most of our schedules are, are slam packed, slam busy. You know, you got to make an appointment with your husband just to go out on a date. Amen. So all these things in life come against us. Right, Papa Ted? They come in life and, and sometimes it feels like it's just pushing us further and further out of doing what we know we should be doing anyway in the first place. And scientists, they have labeled that as inertia. It's a, it's a natural resistance or, you know, I, I would say defense mechanism that, that we fight against. We have to press in. Just like the woman up with the issue of blood, she pressed, she pressed in. She pressed past the negative thoughts she pressed past the, the thousands of no's that her doctor told her that she wasn't going to be healed. She didn't have deliverance, and she passed and pressed toward that resistance. Amen. So, saints of God, I just want to talk to you and encourage you today to push past those things and make time for God because it's in that stillness. And, and without the stillness of God in your life, your faith is going to be anemic. It's going to be anemic. It's not going to have that power because it's like having a cart before the horse. All right? That, that cart's not going to take you anywhere. The horse is what's going to take you. The horse is what's going to carry you and that cart to your destination. So without the stillness of God, without waiting on God, you're taking all the power out of your life. Okay, and I'm going to talk about earlier how, how a prophet revealed the strategy of the enemy. So we, we must recognize the strategy of the enemy and what it's designed to do. It's, it's designed to keep you from progressing in your walk with the Lord. So Isaiah 40 and 31 says, those that wait upon the Lord shall, boom. Every time you see shall in the Bible, that's a promise. You can lay claim to that shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon the wings of eagles. They shall run and never faint. They shall walk and not go weary. 
those who wait on the Lord. Now, waiting can be in your prayer time, in the a.m. times. While, you, while you're waking up, you're, you're, you're waiting to receive instructions from the Lord. You're communing with God. You're praying to God. You're even worshiping the Father for bringing you to a brand new day. Scripture says, arise, shine, for the light has come. I think Pastor Tom, he highlighted uh, in a word a couple of weeks ago. He said, it's okay if you arise, but are we going to shine today, saints of God? I not only want to arise, I not only want to get out of bed, but I want to be most effective for the kingdom of heaven while I'm here in the earth. I want to be full of energy. I want to be full of vigor. I want to be full of them. I want to be full of all of those good things that is promised to us in the word of God. Because the word of God says we shall renew our strength. We shall mount on the wings of eagles. And if you ever studied an eagle, an eagle can fly very high. It's one of the birds that can fly the highest. They're noted to fly above the storm in many cases to where their reality is completely different. They're not affected by the storm. They're not affected by the lightning. They're not affected by anything negative because they can fly above that. And saints of God, I'm saying that the Lord has called us to fly high, to soar high, not to become stagnant, not to become complacent, not to be satisfied with our current state of existence. I'll be 52 in October. I'm not going to be, I'm not satisfied where I'm currently at. I know I'm going to go to another level of glory as I wait upon the Lord. And as I wait upon the Lord, I'm listening. I'm hearing what the Lord is saying to me every day. I'm looking and listening to who's on his heart. Who's on his mind? What's on his mind? Amen. And I want to walk each and every day. It's not a good thing if the Lord asks you, hey, hey, brother Ben, where were you yesterday? Remember that that happened in the Bible where where God asked uh, Cain, Cain, you know, where's Abel? Am I my brother's keeper? You say, Lord, am I am I my own keeper? When he asks you, where are you? You know, where are you? Meaning, you moved away. You, mean, you moved out of his cause. You, mo- you moved out of his purpose. Amen. We want to be mindful of this to stay in him. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's Isaiah 40, 31. Having patience and peace while getting involved in God's purpose and plan in your life. And in the earth, having trust in the Lord because he is the author and finisher of our faith. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. He's faithful to complete it. The Lord is faithful. The Lord will be faithful to complete the good work in us. The Lord will give us a supernatural disposition that our God propels us far above difficulties in our life if we just cooperate with him. 
In Ephesians 2 and 6, it says that we are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. A position of empowerment, a position of rulership and peace perpetually and continually. We will not faint from being in that position. Seems far-fetched, right? But that's what the Lord, that's what the word of God says that he does to our spirit, man. There's a piece of us ruling and reigning with him at his right hand right now because that's what the word just says. We are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. That's a good meditation to have in your prayer time in the first, when the first thing you do and you wake up and you feel like you're zapped, you're out of energy, you know, and, and the first word out of your mouth is, I don't want to make it to work. I'm not ready for today. Instead of just replace it with this scripture, we are seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, and over every name that is named. That's what Jesus did to us. He's, he's already given us the victory, absolute victory. We just have to walk it out. Strengthen our bodies and peace in the Lord. Why? Because we have put our faith in God. We have put our trust in our very lives. Being still before the Lord, patiently waiting on God, will allow the kingdom of heaven to surround you, and anything else will not be able to affect you in any type of way. You're covered. You're covered in, in your glory, and you know it. You confirmed it with him. Every day you're starting out like that with acknowledging the Lord. Hey, Lord Jesus, you are Lord over my life. I had a good night's sleep, but I have made up my mind today that you're going to be Lord over my life once again. And I'm not going to serve any other God. I'm not going to serve the God of flesh. I'm not going to serve the God of laziness and uh, non-productivity. I'm going to be productive today. And because I'm in you, I'm going to see everything clearly with 20-20 vision, everything clearly, spiritually and in the natural. Romans 12.1 says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Every day we have to make up our minds that we're going to be, that it is brand new. We're going to solidify our minds to the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen. And we're going to be imitators of God. We are transformed by this. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Every day at the start of the day we want to renew our mind. We, sh we should desire to take time and surrender ourselves to the Lord and allow him to show us how to handle every situation in our life, every situation in our lives, and how to carry ourselves and how to relate to people closest to us. Amen. God's plan will give you insight on how to deal with your wife, how to deal with your husband. God's revelation and plan will give you insight on how to care for your children and how to care for those closest to you and around you at the church. A person who is not prospering in relationships is just as bad as not prospering at all. Amen? You should, we should see fruitful relationships in all of our lives because we're connected to the God who loves those people. Amen? He loves us. He loves all of us. So our relationships should be fruitful, meaningful, and important. 
So in that waiting time, in that stillness of time each and every morning, you're just examining yourself. Amen. You're opening yourself up to God. Like, man, I missed it with that person. I missed it with my husband. I missed it with my wife. Lord, I'm sorry. You know? And he'll, he'll, make, he'll make grace for you to make it right. Amen. You know, if that person won't accept your apology, if that person won't accept your forgiveness, he will. Amen. Amen. So it's important if you can't apologize to that person or, or ask that person for forgiveness, then ask the Lord. Amen? Amen. And the Lord will give you grace for that situation. Let us turn to uh, Joshua 1 and 8. This is one of uh, Pastor Tom's and uh, every man and woman of God go-to scripture. And it should be our go-to scripture because it contains some powerful promises. Amen? He's speaking to Joshua. And for my younger brothers and sisters, Joshua was key to bringing the people of God into the promised land. It was Joshua who served Moses um, nearly 40 years or, or so, you know, right by his side, making sure the people of God had everything that they needed and they wanted. Joshua was, uh, was a powerful man of God, and he was powerful because he knew how to take instructions and follow directions, amen, and then he became uh, the leader of the people of God. Amen. Because he knew how to carry out instruction from an anointed man of God, an anointed vessel. And that same anointing fell upon Joshua. Amen. The same anointing that Moses carried, the same anointing that Aaron carried fell on Joshua. They had his blessing because he served them faithfully for numbers and numbers of years. Amen. So in Joshua, Joshua writes, I think jo and I say that to say I think Joshua knows what he's talking about. Amen. When he writes this, he says, "This book of the law shall not depart." And you know what, church? We th we think the people of God as as being a little minuscule church of of two hundred members, three hundred members. These are millions and millions of people. So you can imagine the difficulty. Try try doing something like that without being still before for God, keeping your oil going and that anointing flowing in your life. We're talking about millions of people they had to care for. All right, so the anointing was in full effect. Joshua 1 and, 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt what? Meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Meditate on the word. So in your stillness, in your quiet time, in your waiting on the Lord, you want to meditate on what his word says. You want to meditate. Meditate means to ponder, to put it up in your mind and to put it down and bring it back up again. So basically you are spiritually eating the word because that's what you do with food. You, you, you take it, you put it in your mouth, you swallow it, and then boom, you watch it fall. You watch it hit that palate. So the word is telling us the word. Meditate on that word. Commit it to your heart and, and to your mind. And another scripture says that it is, it, is, it is flesh to your bones. It's healthy for us to do that. God wants us healthy and strong, and we got to be eating his word. 
It says, you shall make, you shall make your way prosperous, right? You shall, you shall, us, we, the body of Christ, we shall make our way just by being there in a, in a position of surrender, waiting on the Lord for those specific instructions. And each one of us are going to have our own set of instructions each and every day because each one of us are different. We have different, some of you don't have to fight traffic to get to work. Um, you have to leave an hour or two before you even start work. I have to do that. You know what I mean? So each and every one of us are different. So God's instructions are going to be different for your life. And he's going to know how to apply that wisdom to your life. But God will give you a word. And you say, man, where did that come from? That came from your spirit, man. And he's showing you. And then he'll, he'll might even... Put it before your frontlet where you see it in your, in your spirit. You can see it, but not with these physical eyes. It's like, it feels like it's written in your brain. And you can see the word of God, you know. It says meditate on it day and night so that you can have good success. I am the head and not the tail. When you start feeling negativity, like you can't do anything, what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Right? I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and never beneath. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in and blessed going out. The Lord has blessed the bread of my bread bowl. God's blessing will follow you in your prayer time as we connect and hold on to God's promises each and every day. Psalms 46.10 declares that be still and know that I am God. If I can put that on a prompter, Cody. Oh, yeah. That's uh, 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. Situations and circumstances in life, they have a tendency to trying to uproot you, trying to make you uh, fearful and afraid and making you anxious. But the word says, be still and know that I am God. I am your creator. I formed you in your mother's womb. Amen. I counted all the hairs of your head. I know when you go to sleep. I know when you wake up. I know when you arise. The Lord says, I am familiar with all your ways. I have put the earth in motion. I have put the sun out there to give you warmth. Be still and know that I am God. Be not anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto me. And he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. As we acknowledge him in each and every one of our ways. We're not going to be walking around here confused or befuddled, but we're going to know with confidence, whatever we're dealing with, whatever situation that we have, God's got me. Because I did my part. I put it in the hands of the Lord. You guys remember the the picture of um, Isaac? Isaac was, uh, he was the son of promise. Okay? Abraham, starting out, had two sons. He had Ishmael and he had Isaac. So Isaac was the son of promise because 25 years before uh, Isaac was born, God gave Sarah a promise because she had a womb that was dead. 
And God hit that dead wound with his word, with his promise. He says, you shall have a son, and his name shall be called Isaac. And she laughed. She chuckled. She couldn't believe it. She said, man, this is ridiculous. I'm an elderly, and I'm going to have a child. My, my, my womb is dead. But God is saying, be still, lady. Know that I'm God. Do you, if you know who's in your presence, if I say something, I'm a king. I'm the king of the universe. If I declare a thing, it shall be so. But Isaac, man of faith, the son of faith, God told him, you, you have to give Isaac to me. Right? And to our natural mind, that seems crazy, right? Because what God was talking about, I want him sacrificed on the altar. What? God said that? I know I can see the kids. God said that? Why is he going to kill his son? Okay? Yeah. God said, give your son to me. So he, he says he's going to give Abraham a son. Now he's going to take it away? God, you're losing me with that. That's confusing. Right? And then what goes through our mind when we hear something like that or when we read something like that? It's like, God, this makes you, this makes you hard to follow. And yes, indeed, it was. It was hard for Abraham to follow such a command. Okay, but what we don't realize in, in, in the background, going off in the background, there were people sacrificing their kids to wooden idols. There was what, what we call idolatry and idol worship. And God held Abraham to that point to watch Abraham faithfully obey and trust. Hello. Trust God, even though when it was more than difficult to trust him, faithful Abraham, our father of the faith, right? Three major religions call Abraham the father of the faith. The Muslim faith, Christians, and, and Jewish, okay? Faithful Abraham trusted God with the command. And you know who else trusted God? Isaac. Isaac trusted God. He says, yeah, I know what you're going to do. You ain't telling me what you're going to do, but I know. So I'm going to get up here on the altar, and then I'm just going to trust in you. Because if it's my God that will this, then I'm all for it. So Isaac got up on the altar, ready to be sacrificed. Abraham came before God and was ready to sacrifice Isaac. And all I can see in that picture is Isaac being still before God. That's conviction, saints. That's conviction. Now, today, with the new covenant... God, he's looking for conviction. He's looking for desperation. Okay, but not to that extent because God wants us to live for him. Amen? And God, even in his mercy with Abraham, God, when Abraham was about to sacrifice him, God said, no, don't do it. He just wanted to see if Abraham was willing to do it. God said, no, don't sacrifice him. I see. And then he said, now I know, Abraham, I know that you love me. You love me. Therefore, I'm, 
nations, the whole, all the nations of the earth are going to be after you because of what you did, because of your faithfulness, because your ability to trust in me, because your ability to wait on me. I can use that person. With, with, I can use your faith because you're faithful. You're a faithful man, and a faithful man is going to pr- produce many faithful people. So I can use you as a foundation. So I said earlier that if you are not still before God, if you're not making time for God in your prayer time, you're not waiting for instructions for each and every day, you're going to find your life. You're going to find your life out of order. You're going to be lacking power in your life. Because you haven't invited God and you haven't made time for God. And I don't know exactly how much time that is, but whatever, you know, whatever it is, five minutes, ten minutes. Okay. Like I said, everybody's different. Just find your own way. Find your own way to allow the Lord of the the earth into your life each and every day. As we still ourselves in the morning or at night, we are slowing down from the turmoils and clutter of the day. We are allowing the Prince of Peace to rule over our life. We stop getting involved and concerned with things that don't really matter. Most of the things we concern ourselves with, saints of God, it don't matter. It's this clutter there, taking up space, and it's, be, it's non-productive. It's, it's pulling you out of the will of God. And that's what strife does. Strife, arguments, fights. A lot of them are just petty stuff. Distractions designed to come into your life and pull you out. Pull you out of your joy. Pull you out of your peace. Pull you out of your anointing. That's what it's for. This is just a distraction. And most of them don't matter at all. Not God's promise for you. We find that they are just distractions sent to carry us off course and out of on a destination and out of our destination with Jesus. As we move junk, wrong thinking out of our life, we begin to experience truly how God designed us to live, which is worry free. Hello. Worry free and prosperous and in abundance in every good thing. This is what we call wholeness. Nothing broken, nothing missing. We also know this as salvation. This is what God is calling us to our salvation. The devil wants us to be bound by oppressive situations, negative people, and concerned with the cares of this world, which are designed to wear us out. The devil wants to zap your power and keep you out of your godly potential, therefore keeping you as a subject operating in his silly will by default. We don't want to be operating in the devil's will, saints of God. We want to be in in the Lord's holy will. Okay, so in Daniel 7.25, Daniel the prophet, Daniel blows the cover off, off the strategy of the enemy in Daniel 7 and 25. And uh, for my young people, Daniel was a, as a prophet. He was sent by God. He was raised by God. So he was before Jesus and after King David. So King David came in the lineage of Abraham, which we just cited, and also uh, Moses. All right, so... Daniel was right in, in between, and Daniel was raised up a prophet to help get the people out of bondage in Babylon, which is now modern-day Iraq. 
So I want to make it plain to the, to the people of God here how, how God is instrumental to help increase our understanding and putting a timeline to this to where we understand the, the transgression. Not the transgression, but the, uh, the progression of God's people. Amen? So we understand how Daniel. See, Daniel was a contemporary of Ezekiel. Daniel was a contemporary of Malachi and, and uh, Esther. We know about Esther. All them, them people, they fit right there in that timeline where they were, they were dealing with Babylon. They were dealing with a stronghold because the people of God disobeyed God, okay, and they were ending up in the will of Satan by default, okay? By default, just, just going our own way, doing our own thing, and, and then now you, you got a habit. You created a habit. Some people can't break that habit. And, a, and the Bible warns against that. It's called lasciviousness. You're doing wrong, and you can't even, you can't even help yourself. You can't even turn it off now. You're just, you're just used to doing wrong, doing things wrong instead of righteous, where God is calling us to righteous. And, you know, this life that we're living, it's not difficult. It's not, especially when we understand how it works, how, we, how to order God's day. And God has given us all the power. We just have to what? We just have to adhere to it. We have to apply the discipline in our life. And then we're just like, man, we're, we're seeing things that just like, wow, we could, we could never imagine. Me and my wife, we never could imagine when we were, we were doing and directing the children's ministry that God would use us in such a way to where bring so much beauty to his kingdom. Where, where, where kids were excited about going to church and they were telling, you know, holding on to their mommies and, and their coats and their coattails. Like, hey, we want to go to church. We want to go to church. We want to go to church. And this is why Jesus says, suffer for the children to come unto me. He wants to get, Jesus wants to get the babies when they're small. That way it's not difficult when they grow up. Hello. Get them while they're babies. Teach them while they're young. Where they have that, they know how to get before the Lord. They know how to pray. They know how to declare the word of God. They know, they're familiar with God's promises. I think the pastor's son, it was uh, John. He used to come up to me every, every now and then. He was the pastor's son, so he was raised in, in the word of God and, and, and hear his father preach and, and talk and stuff like that. And ever so often he would come by me and, and he would question me, you know. And I said, man, this guy's got a lot of spunk, a lot of, a lot of courage. And it's okay. I encourage that because they should be full of courage. They should be full of spunk. They're, they're king's kids, amen. We're all our king's kids. And we should all talk like the sons and daughters of God because he has called us to rulership today. Amen. Amen. So in Daniel 7.25, Daniel's talking about the devil. This is what the devil says. Or he's, he's, he's given us a, an outline on what the devil is, is, is uh, trying to do. And he shall speak great words against the most high God. That's what the devil is. He's totally against. He's totally against God. He's totally against you. He's totally against me. He doesn't like us. He doesn't love us. He hates us, okay? He hates God too. So don't be talking to the devil, all right? So the minute you start talking to the devil, you're going to start to fall, okay? That's just how big of a fool he is. So don't be a fool like the devil, all right? So Daniel is giving you an insight on what he's, 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 he's all about. 
And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change, think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of the times. Okay? You're like, what? What does that mean? Okay, some deep stuff. Daniel was prophetic. He had prophetic insight. He shall speak words against the Most High. That's telling me that that's God's enemy. And he shall wear out the saints of God. You see that, saints? They, he shall wear out the saints of God. So his whole plan and strategy is to get you busy doing things with trouble, with strife, contention, division in the church, to wear you out, to get you involved in dead works, to pull you out of a place of stillness and wait, where you're waiting and you're trusting in God to where now you're trying to do everything in the flesh. And you know what? That's going to wear you out. If you're trying to do spiritual work without the anointing, no, that's a, we don't do that. We get God involved in each and everything we do. He's our burden bearer. We can cast our cares upon us, on him because he cares for us. He really does. And he can take it. Hey, he put the earth in orbit. We're in orbit every day. We are traveling around the sun at a super fast rate. And it happens like clockwork. And we all take it for granted, don't we? Yeah. But he can handle our burdens. He can handle our cares. He can handle our worries, our anxieties, our fears, our doubts, our unbeliefs. Cast our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. We must cast our care. Daniel blows the cover off of the strategy of the enemy, which is to mess up the timing of God's people. That's just to say to mess up your timing. So whenever you notice your timing is, is, is all array, you never have time to do this. You never have time to do that. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to go to church. You don't have time. You don't have time. You don't have time. That's what times and half of times mean. You don't have time. You don't have time. You know, timing is an issue. All right, again, I'm going to say it again. If your timing is messed up, then again, it's affecting your prosperity. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to mess up your time. Okay, prosperity just isn't about money, monetary means. Okay, because some of the greatest things you cannot buy, you cannot purchase. Because none of us, our pockets ain't that big anyway. But no matter how big your pockets is, what God can give to, to people, it surmounts that, Okay. Think of the richest person, and then they don't have enough, all right? That's why the best thing we can offer our God is our sincerity in our heart and being truthful with God, knowing that he has our... When Isaac just laid there, God, Isaac gave it all up. He says, here I am. Is this what you want, Lord? Then so be it. Amen. And then we got to find that so be it every day with God. Amen? Not just on Sunday. Right? Not just on Monday. We got to find it every day. Every day. Yes, you get to Sunday, you're like, man, I'm, I'm wore out. And I've been there. I haven't arrived. Haven't. Okay? But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stay steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Because His way is the right way. Amen? It's the right way. I know that all too well. Daniel blows a cover off the strategy of the enemy, which is to mess up the timing of the people of God, keeping you out of season, keeping God's blessing from flowing out of your life. 
you'll be able to discuss his attack in your life by uh, discern the attack in your life by noticing how busy you are and if fatigue has slipped into your life which is designed by the enemy to slow you down and wear you out being still before God worry free will keep you in God's timing and keep you filled with joy experiencing the goodness which is priceless amen walking lock, lockstep with God each and every second each and every hour once again, Joshua 1 and 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night. Thou shalt make, mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Saints of God, again, we make our own way successful as we meditate on his word, as we wait for his instruction. Hey, it can be a rhema word as well. Amen. Spoken directly from him. How do you know when it's a word from God? In my own life, I can be doing something. I can be listening to the radio, driving my car, and then boom, here comes something from the kingdom of heaven. It just hit me. Holy Spirit called me a catalyst one time. It just a catalyst. I said, whoa. I said, okay. That's pretty deep. Thank you, Lord. I received it. It wasn't, you know, long instructions like a book of Ezekiel. Uh, has and written written it's just one word catalyst catalyst for the kingdom i'm an igniter i start things and i finish things no god finishes god finishes them but i help the lord i cooperate with god starting his movements his will in the earth amen and it's through people amen amen it's through people and it's also through his word so in that time of stillness and waiting I'm also going to be declaring things. I'm going to be declaring things in your life, good things. I'm going to be declaring the will of God for your life, God's best for your life, saints of God, nothing broken, nothing missing, that, so that we may all walk according to his perfect will and his plan, that we may all walk to his purpose, according to his purpose and righteousness. Amen? Because I understand the strategy of the enemy. He wants to pull you away from God. He wants to get you distracted, keep you bombarded with distractions. We use that with the word of God. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, the word shall accomplish what it is sent forth out to do. It will not return void. Have you ever seen a boomerang? A person throw a boomerang, it goes out, and then it comes back. So that word is just like a boomerang. You send it out there, amen. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. That's what the word of God says. Amen. I am the God that healeth all of thy diseases. You're throwing that word out and it's going to come back. Boom. It's accomplished. It's accomplished. Whoever you were praying for at that time, it's done. Now, does the person on the receiving end, does, do they believe it's done? Yeah, they should believe it's done. It will not fail if you have need. There's a scripture for every need, as I just stated. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our, our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. If I need a wife, I'm going to be saying, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen? Anything that you need, there's, there's a scripture for it. God has thought of everything. It's in the word. It's in the word. And through modern-day technology, we have Google, we have 
concordances. We have all these tools to help you find a scripture and a word that you can stand on each and every day for whatever you're believing for. Amen? Okay, so I am watching time. We're, we're going a little long here. Jesus operated in perfect peace while he walked the earth. He demonstrated this. And then that's why he can, he can impart that peace. Uh, if we turn to Mark 4 and 3, 35. If I can have that on a prompter, uh, brother, yeah. Okay. Okay, so they are on the uh, Lake of Galilee. And Jesus used to love to preach uh, from that lake because he used to use the, the sound reverberation from the water. They didn't have a microphone. So as you can see, as we'll soon see, that he, he spoke to multitudes teaching them. Uh, parables and teaching them about the kingdom of heaven right there as he preached from the Sea of Galilee. And Galilee was no small body of water. It was pretty big. It was the size of Fort Pierce and, and uh, Stewart put together. So we're familiar with Fort Pierce, we're familiar with Stewart. But that's how big it was. It wasn't as big as Lake Okeechobee, but you guys get the idea. And then uh, the Sea of Galilee is located uh, north, in north, north of Israel. And that's where they were. And this is where this miracle takes place. And when they had sent away the multitude, okay, so it's time for Jesus uh, to stop preaching for a moment. They took him as he was into the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship, so now it was full of water. And Jesus was at the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, saying, Master, don't you care for us? Don't you care for us if we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind unto the sea and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased from there and was a great calm. And Jesus saith unto the disciples, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? So we learn from this that if you're full of fear, you're out of faith. The moment you come out of fear, and granted, they had something to be fear, fearful of. Because their situation was being bombarded. Their senses were being bombarded. Right? So the devil knows how to do that. He knows how to get the wind going and the thunder clapping, right? And man, you feel that water all in your face. What's the first thing you're going to say? Man, I'm about to die. This man's back here in this boat. He's sleeping. <laughs> hey, man, don't you even care? What's he doing? You know what I mean? Get us out of this, this mess that we're in. And we feel that way in, in our situations in life, right? Like, everybody's having a nice time except me. You know, every, everybody's got it going on except me. It's messing with your senses. You know, it's, it's affecting you. It's, it's affecting your faith. Now you're full of fear, and now you can't operate in faith. You don't want to declare anything. You don't want to declare the word of God. You don't want to say to that situation, peace, be still. But Jesus said that's exactly what we should do. 
Jesus was demonstrating his kingly authority because that's what he was. He was prophet, priest, and king. Amen. And we have that same anointing, that same Christ Jesus living on the inside of us, the same power, the same anointing in us now. Hello, saints. The power to stay awake when we don't want to stay awake. (laughs) We have that power. And we can stand up. We can arise like he arose and say, peace, be still. And I found out that creation obeys better than people, guys. Creation has to obey. It does. I've seen tornadoes about to start. And I say the exact same words that Jesus says. And guess what? They leave. Because those are demonic. That's demonic activity out there. And as you learn your newfound authority in Christ, your kingly authority, you'll take authority over certain situations and they will vanish. They have to obey the word. Amen? Amen. So Cody and and Pat were nice enough to say, where does it say peace be still again? Quiet, be still. Okay, so that's a different translation. Mean the same thing. Amen? So I challenge you that this week, Amen. something arises, hey, lay hold to the promise, which is God's word. Hallelujah. That's a good te- declaration. Yes. Peace, be still. Amen. Stand still and see the f- salvation of the Lord. Amen? Amen. All your, your mind is going a million one directions. You know, you know how the, the devil works it? You know, how you going to pay this? How are you going to pay this? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to get off of work? You know, million and one things on your mind. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Peace be still. Be still and know that I am God. I'm God. Cast your cares upon me, people of God, because I care for you. If you're having anxiety and, and anxious and stuff, you care too much. You're worried about things that don't even matter. Stop worrying. Cut all that. You're an executive. Make an executive order. You're a king. You're a ruler. You're a queen. You're a ruler. You can cut some things that don't belong in your life out of your life, and they will be gone with a rebuke. Standing firm on the word of God. Say, no, no, devil, I'm not going to allow this. Because that's what he's there. We just read it. Prophetic insight from Daniel. He's there to wear the saints out. He wants to wear, that's his whole strategy. Getting you, getting you involved in a bad relationship. That's stressful, right? Yeah, stressful. Stress and strife. Getting you involved in all that. All right, let me, I'm going to wrap this up. I just want to say this. Uh, listen up, body of Christ. A lot of people, at least what I'm finding, at least from my own experience, a lot of people are not really talking about fasting, okay? Now, let me just say this. Fasting, you have to be trained to to learn how to fast, okay? It's not in the Word, but from experience, I know, because I've fasted many years. It's not bragging. I'm just telling you, I'm somebody that knows. I've done it, okay? And I've had very good success from, from my fast. And what God has revealed to me is that intermittent fasting is the most powerful fasting, why? Because you can set it according to your, your own personal fast. Everybody wants to talk about Esther's fast, Daniel's fast, Moses' fast, Jesus' fast. Jesus fasted 40 days in the desert. No food, no water. Nobody's going to do that, okay? So for, just forget that. Get that out of your mind. Out. 
the Jesus fast. You're not going to do the Jesus fast. <laughs> okay? But fasting in itself is powerful. Okay? Why do I say that? Because your body, David says that, that Lord, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus knew something. I mean, David knew something. King David knew something about the physiology on what God has made. Because what your body does, it, I mean, look at all the amazing things it does. All the, the food, the, the garbage we put in our mouths, and it, it just breaks it down. Boom, 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 boom. And it gets rid of what it doesn't need. It does that automatically. But the beginning when you don't, but when you start to fast, what are you doing? You're... You, you're, 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 you're causing the body to be still. You're setting, you're setting your digestive system down, all the things that go on with your pancreas, your, your liver, uh, all your digestive juices, you're making it be still. And when you start experiencing fasting, you're going to have a peace that you have never even experienced any other way. Okay? Again, I'm, I'm, talking about fa- I'm talking about from experience and also the word of God that backs me up in Matthew chapter 6. Because Jesus says, when you fast and when you pray. When you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. But saints of God, each and every one of us, no matter our, our situation, no matter our circumstance, you have to incorporate fasting in your life. Amen. And it's not, I'm not giving you instructions on how to fast, but once again, go before the Lord. Get instructions from him. Let him show you your weaknesses. Let him show you your strength. Let him show you the foods to eat. Let him show you the foods not to eat. Let him show you what to drink and what not to drink. Amen? Because there's so much. This society's toxic. Okay? Full of toxicities. And all the frequencies that are going through the airways ain't helping us any better. What did I say? I said that the, 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 the devil, his strategy is to wear you out. Food and, and eating and overeating is one thing that will wear us out, make you sleepy, make you lethargic. And if you're eating the wrong thing, it's going to create disease. Okay? So the temple, when you begin to fast, you begin to clean. Your body begins to cleanse. You're giving your, 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 your system time to remove things that it doesn't need. And then you're going to, the Holy Spirit is going to guide and direct you to get Better quality food, whole foods, we call them whole foods, foods that aren't processed, foods that don't come in a can, okay? Whole foods, that's, that's the goal. But you know what? It takes discipline to get there. It takes discipline, okay? You're not going to arrive there overnight, but you know what? Once you start practicing, amen, you start practicing, you're going to get better. And each one of your efforts, God is going to ampl- amplify it. He's going to multiply it. You're going you're gonna to have grace to do it. Nobody really wants to do it. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather have a cheeseburger or whatever. But if, if I look at myself, I'm like, man, you know, I look in the mirror. I'm not happy with the way I look. I'm not happy with my waistline. God knows that. God understands that. He says, you know what? Yeah, you shouldn't have that. You should, you should be chiseled. You should be lean. Okay? He wants the best you. And this is what he's designed it for, so you can be the best you. There, there was times where the people of God, they couldn't get victory anywhere. They were dealing with an enemy, and the enemy was in their own camp. Couldn't get victory, but until they fasted, then they got the, the victory. Amen? Because you became tuned up. You became at one. This is what we're talking about. Being at one with God in each and everything. 
each and everything, each and every area. But that fasting is powerful. The enemy don't want you to fast. He don't want you to learn how to fast because he's trying to wear you out. He's trying to wear your, your body out. The, the body that contains the spirit wants to wear that natural body out, wants to run you down, wants you, uh, he wants you out before your time. Joshua, they were 85 years old when they took the promised land, people. Most people don't get to make 85 these days. But they knew the laws. They knew the dietary laws. They took time to understand the dietary laws of God. God didn't create. He, honestly, he did not create everything for us to eat. And I, I know sometimes you go to smorgasbord and there's everything there. Everything wasn't, wasn't made for our consumption. There are things that have a different glory, okay? An octopus has a different glory than an orange. Hello. Huh? Shrimp has a different glory than a banana. Okay? There's differences in the earth, so we must recognize those differences and ultimately stick toward the word of God. Yeah, I could just, I just, I could just declare the word and believe the word. Yeah, that's fine, but you're dealing with a stronghold. What did Jesus say? There are some demons that don't come out but by prayer and fasting. Okay, and I've noticed in my life, strongholds, Satan, he fights you tooth, tooth and nail in the areas of health and wealth, prosperity. So you got to get busy. You got to get to, to work and let God show you what you need to do. And that starts every morning, every morning. I'll just make it plain. I don't want to make it confusing, you know. And guess what? You'll have more energy. You'll stop sleeping 15 hours, you know, and you'll, you'll notice an increase. You'll notice an immediate increase. Amen. I'll say that, an immediate increase. If you could take some Listerine to your mouth and, wow, that Listerine hits, right? You know it immediately. It's the same thing with, with something anointed, doing something good for your body. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get immediate results because that's what we like, right? We want immediate results. But as some, in some cases, you want to see certain results, but you've got to be patient with yourself because you didn't arrive where you are now overnight, right? And so many people, they want the quick fix, so they're running to the chemicals. They're running to the, the syn synthetic things so fast because they don't want to wait. They want to be impatient, right? They want to be impatient. They don't want to wait. We've got to have patience, people of God. We gotta have patience. So I'm gonna ask uh, Brother Cody to cue the music as I excuse uh, the people of Christ. I'm gonna ask you all, whoever wants to come for prayer, I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray that God's grace is extended. I wanna add my faith to your faith and, and believe uh, for better results in your life, in your life. Bless the congregation, may the Lord bless and keep. the kingdom of God and his right